This is a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. We are joined by a very special guest. We're here with David Green. How are you this morning? Okay, all right. I feel excellent. Chill. <laughs> very chill. Very chill. Nice. That's the vibe we try and cultivate. Yeah, that's good. Um, just before anything goes, we get too deep into the arts. We just heard from Sleesh. She slash her with something slash everything. All right, now, your, uh, you've, your new exhibit, uh, Bruno's Thin Skin on 343 George Street. How would you describe it? I guess it's quite a lot of natural video videography and yeah, yeah subject matter. Yeah, it is. Um, it's um, yeah. How would I describe it? Uh, well, actually, I mean, for me, because I'm sitting there um, so from six <laughs> six till ten every night, which is quite lovely. You know, people come in, people flow out, but it's it's um, it's a space. You know, there's it's quite beautiful. It's quite meditative. Um, in certain ways, but I mean that's not the intention of it. But but to be there, it's sort of a, it, the space becomes really nice mm-hmm. to be in. Uh, there's a track that uh, my eldest uh, Roe Rushton Green uh, created for me in the space uh, with uh, with their uh, soprano sax and uh, baritone sax. Oh, cool. So you have the resonances of the space, and you know I picked it up with a zoom and. And then um, mixed it the next day, and it's really lovely. And so I have that on a speaker in front of the space, in the back of the space. And it's an old commercial space, so you know they're kind of long, yeah. sort of like shotgun <coughs> shack kind of setup. So you hear them sort of answering each other, and it's it's just you know it's just nice, really nice. And of course the lights are really low because it's projections, so you're seeing the projections. But yeah, the content of it is uh, you know it is it's motion really, but it's it's natural motion. Uh, from leaves or bull kelp, you know this uh, kind of. The thing about it is, uh, you know, you you could say it's algorithmic, but but it's got a lot of noise in it. So the difference between computer graphics and sort of the real world is that you know the rules, you know, and you know what's happening, and you kind of go with it. But it has these random things happening within it that I find so much richer than just. The algorithmic motion, right? Mm-hmm. So, so for me, that's the big part of it is this motion. You've also got in the front windows these um, these uh, uh, crab larvae, you know, little baby crabs that are just fighting each other, you know. And you just realize that they're sort of born fighting each other. And you see them, mm-hmm. you know. I, sh- I shot this um, with the help of Mark Schellenberg over in Zoology. Uh, with one of their dissecting uh, microscopes, oh, wow! Yeah. And um, you know, and it's dark field. And it's they're they're really they're beautiful, but you really see behavior, you know. And but if you see these things, I got them uh, from Sally Carson, the marine biology mm. lab, uh, in you know, in like a jar, right? And in this jar, you can sort of see these little this little cloud of things that you can see are moving, but they're so tiny, like like the point of a pin. Oh, man. And so you could take a pipette and just sort of like go into the middle of the cloud <laughs> and isolate them. So they're there with, with some phytoplankton, you know, just mm. a, a few that they're kicking around like balls. And all they're doing is trying to jab each other with their with these spikes that come out of the back of their necks. It's, it's, it's remarkable, you know. And all this stuff is like going on. Yeah. You know, you go swimming in the harbor and these things are all happening around you. You have no idea, <laughs> you know. And otherwise, you know, on scales you just don't know, you know. I, I looked at stuff from duck ponds that mm. Mark collected and um, Carrie Ann, his partner, you know, so I mean, that was, uh, anyway, so, yeah. so so you have that, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you have things that, that we're seeing on our level, you have that, and then you have uh, satellite footage 
of the earth and another piece that's that's just sort of slowly rolling. And and this idea is uh, Bruno Latour is a philosopher. Yeah, you know, and a theorist. You may be familiar with him. He's um, he's really uh, a, a wonderful thinker. And um, there, are, there are many scientists who are talking about this critical zone idea, but really the idea is that we live on a biofilm, you know, in, in relation to the Earth. You know, this you think about the Earth and you think, well, you know, there's the Earth and it's big and chunky yeah. and, you know, <laughs> there's lots of room. Mighty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in fact, uh, what's going on is we're, we, we actually live on the skin of a bubble, mm. you know, or like the skin of an apple. So, so to put it in perspective, like if an apple was the size of a Pahutakawa tree, mm. right? The skin, that's that's like, where we live. Yeah, it's that same density to like the top layer of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, and that, and the top, that's where life is. That yeah. includes the atmosphere, you know, it's like those those few kilometers, right, around yeah. the skin of the planet. So the idea is, is that, is kind of like riffing, really, riffing on, on that, and how, you know, and it puts the Earth in a, a different perspective because you realize, how delicate it is, you know, mm. really what we're dealing with here, mm. you know, that whatever you do, every action you take is taking place on the skin of a bubble. Uh, and so it matters and it changes things and it does things. Mm. Yeah. And I've got a question, like how um, long with the video, like how long did you like take your time curating all these footage to create this entire project? Like, is it just been something like you worked over like from quarantine and stuff just to keep it busy or was it like this whole entire process that you knew like in and out what kind of areas you wanted to really look at gotcha. okay well so so this is this is sort of part of my research uh, I'm, I'm working on a PhD in mm -hmm. media film communication I also teach at the uh, the uh, School of Art yeah and so these are you know it's well it's it's quite a weird thing to be doing that because on the one hand you have you have, um, you have research and then you've got making work right you've got yeah. practice so the practice uh, for me has to work really intuitively. It can't work formulaically. Like you yeah. have to be attracted to something, and then you don't know why, and so you explore it, or you don't understand something, so you try to model it. Um, and that's running on this very immediate and uh, responsive scale. And then you have research, which is of course very contemplative, very you know, uh, mythological. Uh, yeah, yeah, mythological yeah. And, and very very. Um, it's a different kind of thing. It's a different part of your brain. So, so working those transitions is really hard, and you have to be quite patient with yourself, yeah. you know. Um, but, but yeah. So it isn't like a master plan. Is, is yeah. the point? I mean, the research, the research has to be. The research has to follow a path that's logical, and you know, um, that that yeah, is in that, that direction. Yeah, that's right. In in that sort of area of the brain. So, so you so. Uh, or responsiveness. It's very hard to describe this. You could describe it a lot of ways. You might say that the artwork is intuitive, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, and the other thinking, you know, you might say is what I don't know, a kind of critical thinking or uh, something that uh, you know that that makes you think in in kind of equations in certain ways or in relationships and links. But in, on some level, they're both very similar because, like, uh, in my research, I was. Finding myself really interested in Jacques Lacan as an mm. example, and I'm just sitting there going, "How? I know I love this, but how in the world does this relate to anything? You know that <laughs> yeah. I'm doing, right? <laughs> but I just couldn't. I just kept going. What does he mean? You know, by this, so I, I kept like, right, the rabbit hole thing. Um, and and in the end, it does. It does relate, and I'm starting to feel that. I'm starting to see how Lacan relates to yeah. what I'm doing. 
um, in a in a very meta in a meta sense, you know. So in answer to your question, it's like always going on. Like, yeah. like I think when you're practicing, you're constantly making different things and then sort of putting them over there and then suddenly pulling them in. Yeah, you're always collecting. Like you're never like you always you might put it on the back burner for a time, but you might pick up something else and it's just like, oh, okay, this is actually interesting. Maybe not right now, but yeah. save it again away and consistently create this collection and curate yes yeah totally and and you know and you do things like or you you have like a really dumb idea and you try to yeah. throw three things together and um and then and mostly it doesn't work you know and you're like uh, you know whatever and then but sometimes it does yeah and so you're like going okay wait no that's a thing you know <laughs> so yeah. so and what and then you have to think what is that thing you know sometimes you're like what is it saying so for me it's very much uh, being responsive um, mm. at best, you know, like to the degree that you're not, I think it really it's kind of boring. It, it gets it gets formulaic, you know. Mm. Yeah. When you think about the future of um, of life on this on this thin uh, skin, so to speak, yeah. on Bruno's thin skin, do you th- do you think of a, a future where like uh, humanity is in more of a nurturing or, or reciprocal relationship with um, you know nature? Right. Um, or do you think that the kind of uh, exploitative tendencies of capitalism will make it worse? What do you what do you, well, what do you think? What comes to mind? So, in the so it's interesting because well, because part of part of for me what what I'm curious about or, lo- or looking at is really our our nature as an organism, right? So, capitalism is an expression of our nature as an organism. Mm. You know, it's you have to be careful about um, attributions because. I think they often get you in trouble. Like all of these things, all of these political systems, all of these ideologies come out of us as organisms and answer something, right, about us. But but also they enable us to be kind of mindless eating machines, right? Yeah. That like <laughs> that we kind of are. Um, you know, we're exploitative and, and this is how we've survived. So so we've been rewarded, you know, by survival, by looking at these you know, terrains that you can't see anything in and surviving in them. So, so therefore, we are, you know, we're sensitive to resources and, um, and we want to utilize them and our natural thing is to use it because you're going to die, right? Um, but, but where a thought process kicks in, it, it, it just doesn't. And I, I, think, um, I think for us, that's what, that's what has to be put on top of capitalism and on top of whatever ideology you want to you know, bring forward or, or, or run with is that then you have to go, you have to consider the action that you're taking and that is not like us as an organism could do that. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what the answer is and I don't know whether we can or will uh, because we operate like other, like all the other um, animals and, yeah. and living organisms around us, you know, which is just like make it work, you know, here mm. you are. And if you can't make it work, you fall over. Mm. Right, um, but but we're capable of more. So the question is, will we do more? That's what I hope. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> yeah. got you got to hope. You and, and you got to try. You, you know, you try. try. And and I think you have to try as an individual. You know, rather than develop an ideology, or rather than try to convince everybody um, of something, I, I think really all you can do is is as an individual begin to act in a way that feels appropriate to your situation mm. and hope that others will do the same knowing that many won't mm. uh, because they it's just not in their framework no you know? no well yeah that's <laughs> certainly it's, it's always a lot to unpack when it comes yeah. to those kind of th- themes I found yeah mm. like because 
we're always looking for that answer of like how do we look after the earth but then it's like always like this problem of like legislation and stuff it's like always come back to like think globally act locally mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. always like yeah. the response to everything and local comes down to you as yeah. an individual you know because even locally this person next to you is never going to think that way no. you know they're going to go I got to make money I got to pay for my farm you know I've got to whatever you know everybody's under these pressures and then you have children you know so that you sit there and you throw away all of your um, you know, to, in order, you know, if your mm. child's in trouble, you know, it's like you get out the truck, you know, it, it's just you do it um, and it'd be very hard not to do that. Mm. So we're really in a, you know, we're in a predicament. Really. A bit of a rock yeah. and hard place, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We oh. all can't be crab lover going after each other's throats. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you got to watch these crab because yeah. now you know, every time you see a crab, it's like, I'll fight you. You know what I mean? It's got its claws out. It's got to go for you. Yeah, because these up. guys, they come out. You know, the minute yeah. they, the minute they're moving, they're they're fighting. They're fighting. Yeah. And a uh, man, and there's little ones. There's littler ones that have these <laughs> bubbles that cover their spike, so that they can practice. And so they're bumping <laughs> oh each other with their bubble. And then you've got the older ones that have these spikes that are just like, like unbelievable. And they're mm. charging into the other ones with their spikes, and they're pushing away with their tails. I mean, you can mm. watch them. You know, you could honestly. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're really fascinating. I'm, so that sounds cool. I'm pretty sure there's a similar thing that happens with tiger sharks in the womb. Um, all the different pups eat each other, and the best, the strongest one makes it out. Yeah, that's but then right. You've, then you've got other species like a lot of the bird species that um, evolved here on Aotearoa, New Zealand, didn't really have any natural predators to contend with, and they were very peaceful. They well, not peaceful so to speak, but they had it a lot better than other things. You know, yeah, they didn't have to worry about predators so much, and that kind of made them a little bit um, maybe lazy because when humans got here, we. <laughs> Well, you know, in early Māori got here, they somewhat decimated the population and then implemented, like, cult- cultural protocols to um, stop that from happening again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just fascinating to see that, uh, how different animals respond to different things. Yeah. It's really, really fun. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, when you think about Aotearoa, you know, as as a bird culture, um, it it's, it's fascinating. I mean, it's really... You know, uh, something to think about where you know where they actually you know controlled the the number. Well, they didn't control, but somehow came into balance how many babies they would have. You know, and how often. You know, and all of these um, really complicated issues that go into balancing. You know, allowing a kind of balance to happen. Mm-hmm. But there were already there were predators as well. Yeah. And then there were like the wekas, You know, who were like the cleanup operation. You know, and if anything's sort of half falling over, they'll go. You know, wekas are like sharks. You know, when they're, you know, so, so I mean, it wasn't like, it, you, it, it's easy to think of it as this sort of peaceable. Oh, it wasn't like a utopia. Like a utopia. Mm-hmm. They, they had it off better than other Yeah, and no, I agree, planet, but, yeah. it, but it was so close to utopia that it's bizarre. Yeah. You know, like is. when you think about it, I mean, that's probably <laughs> utopia. I mean, really. Yeah. That's probably it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and we can see it. You can kind of go to like some of the eco, um, eco sanctuaries around the country, and I like, like I want to go to more of them and see what the place used to be mm-hmm. like before um, human colonization and systems. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's it'd be fantastic. Well, just going to Fiordland, you know, you mm, just look at that. Yeah. You can't, you Gorgeous. can't walk between trees. You know, you have to crawl mm. over mats of, you know, if you yeah. want to. It's like there's no way through. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. It's so, you know? yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us here, David. Yeah, um, it's been on the show. informative and stuff. And how long is this um, partnership with Dream Burkridge going on for? Um, this is going to go on until the eighth. Yeah. So pretty much, you know, for a week. Yeah, a week guess, more. Week, week yeah. more, and, uh, and yeah. it's at night. So. So I open it up. You know, it's probably worth looking at 6, 6, 6.30, but I'll have it up probably by 5.30. 
And yeah, and at the doors open, so yeah. you know you can come in. I'm yeah. in there, you know, chilling out. Because yeah, I was there um, last week, and I saw like turn on stuff at my friend's show. So it was really amazing for me to see just like sitting there, like not knowing anything about what's <laughs> going on, and then just like looking across the house, like just seeing all these colors oh, like cool. flash on and stuff like that. Oh. And like all my friends were like sitting with me, and it's like, what is this? That's great. Yeah, that's the, the most fun is setting it up because you get that. You sort of get that it's sort of starting to happen. But yeah, it's, so it's right across from Kiki Beware. It's right next to Modex. Yeah. yeah. That 343 George, George Street. Street. 343 George Street. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. Yeah. Cheers. Um, and up next to celebrate Mr. Green, we have a, a song Green requested, uh, Die in Space by Piecemeal. And they're a local jazz band. Yeah. They played at the opening and they're, they're awesome. They are the best. Man. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you for joining us here on the DPAG Late Breakfast. I hope you have a fantastic day. Cheers, you too. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.